Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China, and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Back on Capitol Hill, some of the key figures in our big loss in Afghanistan recently. They're getting their comeuppance, but they're also being protected by Democrats. We're going to go through the highlights in a moment. But first, they are a product of a system, of a culture that is fundamentally warped. The military culture right now, somehow, at the top, to the very top, they produce bureaucrats, not warriors. They may have been warriors somewhere along the way. That went away, and now they are world-class bureaucrats. And when they talk, they talk not to inform, but to confuse, to obfuscate, to hide, not to illuminate. Under investigation now, I'll, I'd like to defer that question. In my opening statement, we can certainly, we, we can break it out and go, by, go through it line by line if you'd like. Make it available to the committee upon request in accordance with appropriate classifications. Senator, I would uh, defer to the State Department for that uh, for that uh, assessment. But that's uh, that's a dynamic process. What I said in my opening statement and the memoranda that I wrote back in the fall of 2020 remained consistent, and I do agree with that. Okay, people want to be deliberate. They want to be professional. But so much of what we're seeing right now is verbal trickery to avoid responsibility, to carefully pass the buck, but the person you're passing the buck to may not realizes it. Uh, they're up to something, and it needs to change. They also spend way too much time emphasizing the positive. I mean, that's good when you're playing a football game, but when lives are at stake, I don't think it's good. They and our commanders exceeded all expectations. On military aircraft alone, we flew more than 387 sorties, averaging nearly 23 per day. And at the height of this operation, an aircraft was taking off every 45 minutes. And not a single sortie was missed for maintenance, fuel, or logistical problems. It was the largest airlift conducted in U.S. history, and it was executed in just 17 days. What a success, huh? You saw it, I saw it. Was that successful? Was this successful? See how they're spinning it? See how they're saying, oh, we did a great job under these circumstances. Largest, so much hyperbole, so much spin. The people jammed in those airplanes, huh? And what about that talking point that I've been hearing? A sortie, one takeoff every 45 minutes. One takeoff every 40, that does not sound impressive to me. I've been to the airport, I see those planes take off once every 45 seconds. All right, so. That's how I feel. 
You know who was great today? Matt Gates, Congressman from Florida. February 26, 2020, House Armed Services Committee, General Mark Milley. We know we're not going to defeat the Taliban militarily, and they're not going to defeat the government of Afghanistan militarily. You really blew that call, didn't you, General? I believe that that was a issue of strategic stalemate. You spent more time with Bob Woodward on this book than you spent analyzing the very likely prospect that the Afghanistan government was going to fall immediately to the Taliban, didn't you? Not even close, Congressman. Oh, really? Because you said right after Kabul fell that no one could have anticipated the immediate fall of the Ghani government. When did you become aware that Joe Biden tried to get Ghani to lie about the conditions in Afghanistan? He did that in July. Did you know that right away? I'm not aware of what President Biden You're not aware of the phone call that Biden had with Ghani where he said, whether it is true or not, we want you to go out there and paint a rosy picture of what's going on in Afghanistan. Milley was on that phone call, by the way. He was on that phone call. And it's not been disputed. Joe Biden was trying to get the president of Afghanistan to lie. And General Milley participated in that. And you know what? Matt Gates is awesome. Totally awesome. Very few people will do what he's doing right now because he hasn't served in the military. He's not afraid to call out a general. And that's great. That's the way the system is supposed to work. This is not a police state. We don't report to those in uniform. They report to us, and that can't be forgotten. More from Matt Gates. Austin, Secretary Austin, are you capable of assessing whether another has the will to fight? No, we're not, and uh, that's the point that the chairman made earlier. So. That's just like an incredibly disappointing thing for the Secretary of Defense to simply say, I can't assess whether someone has the will to fight. We're not questioning your personal conduct. We're questioning in your official capacity going and undermining the chain of command, which is obviously what you did. You, you've created this whole chain of Did not of undermine the chain narrative. of command in yeah, manner you did. performed. You absolutely did. And it, did not. Well, you know what? You said yesterday that you weren't going to resign when senators asked you this question. And I believe that you guys probably won't resign. You seem to be very happy failing up over there. But if we didn't have a president that was so addled, you all would be fired. Damn right. It's fantastic performance. Some Democrats did a pretty good job as well. I'll get to them in a moment. But first, actually, Ronnie Jackson, who happens to be a veteran of the Navy, also had some great questions and observations. In just four days, 21 districts in nine provinces fell to the Taliban, and the Afghan security forces quickly surrendered and abandoned their post. This was an obvious beginning to the end of the Afghan army and to the Taliban takeover. General Milley, what were you doing during this time frame? Before you answer that question, let me tell you. I submit to you that perhaps we would not have had 13 service members and hundreds of Afghans killed, 18 service members wounded, and countless U.S. citizens abandoned and left as Taliban hostages if you had been more focused on your duty to this country instead of defending and pandering to the Biden administration's woke social experiment with the United States military, doing book interviews, and colluding with Chinese military officials. You should resign because of your dereliction of duty to this country and your inability to do your job and protect this country. It has become abundantly clear that the American people have completely lost confidence in your ability to do your job. General Milley, will you now resign? I serve at the pleasure of the president, Mr. Jackson. I yield back my time. Great stuff. And you know what? Because so many Republicans are 
extremely frustrated with General Milley, and General Milley is clearly a Trump hater. He's probably secured himself in this job for as long as he wants it. That's the way the swamp works. Democrats will protect him. Joe Biden will protect him. Hell, he probably has so much on Joe Biden that he could give to an author if he wanted to, and sometimes he seems inclined to. Look, we have a problem with our culture, military culture. And here's one quick fix for the next war, whenever that happens. 20 generals have been in charge over there in Afghanistan in the past 20 years. That is a lot. That's a lot of turnover. That is too much turnover. You can't have that. You gotta have one, two, three, maybe. Because with all that turnover, where is the corporate knowledge? Where is, there is this tendency when you come into a situation, oh, everything's terrible, and then you fix it, and the next guy comes in, oh, everything is terrible. That's been said before. We were fighting the same war 20 times over. We need a MacArthur. We need an Eisenhower, somebody who starts and sees it through to the end. And there's a way to keep the best generals in the army. There is. We gotta be creative, we gotta find a way, we gotta find the right people. But this massive turnover, rapid turnover, it's not working. It's not working at all. All right, now I mentioned some of the Democrats who did a great job. There's this Congressman uh, Gallego. He's a Democrat from Arizona, and he made a point and got a very good answer, I think, from General McKenzie, acknowledging that generals sometimes are out of the loop. The guys who are supposed to know everything often don't. Uh, speaking to a lot of service members, enlisted service members, that have served for decades uh, in and out of Afghanistan, uh, they were always telling me something extremely different from what I was getting from reports from many of you generals here, that the Afghan army was not ready, that they were not going to be sustainable on their own. And so that, you know, how did we miss that? How is it that a lot of, you know, 18, 19-year-olds, mid-20-year-old E5s were predicting this, but yet some of our greatest minds uh, both on civilian side and uh, you know, uniform side, absolutely missed this. We'll have to take a look at how we actually uh, remain connected to the people who are down at the advisory level. I, I, I think that's something that I, uh, I'm conflicted by that as well. I'll be very candid with you. And we'll, yep. we will certainly take a look at that because I've heard that same strain myself. It's harder to get the truth as you become more senior. We perhaps need to look at ways to ensure that that's conveyed in a more rapid and effective way. It's been the case uh, probably for centuries. Um, bad news often doesn't reach the top. Uh, everybody wants to put the best foot forward and uh, sometimes things are skewed by the time it reaches the generals and uh, sometimes the generals don't wanna hear bad news and that has an impact. I was in the military myself for nine years active duty. I loved it, greatest honor of my life, but that problem, I saw it back then and I've seen it since. The culture needs to change. I commend General McKenzie for his answer and Congressman Gallego for asking such a great question. All right, now to some of the <laughs> biggest uh, examples of dishonesty. When General Milley said he's apolitical and that's really important to him, remaining outside of politics. You've already established yesterday and today you spent a significant amount of time talking to book political book authors and political reporters, including Bob Woodward. What compelled you to do that? I believe that part of my job is to communicate to the media what we do as a government, what we do as a military to explain to the people. And so I do interviews regularly. You told uh, the Senate yesterday you hadn't read the, the book or any of the other political books that have come out, but 
I don't know how anybody could read the Bob Woodward book. I don't know how you could read it and not be greatly embarrassed about its contents, especially in what, how it's related to you. Are you embarrassed by the book? I haven't read the book yet. Um, Are you embarrassed by the portrayals of the book? No doubt you're aware of them. Embarrassed, no. I'm concerned that there's uh, mischaracterizations of me becoming very politicized as an individual and that it's my willingness to become politicized, which is not true. I am trying to stay apolitical. <laughs> trying to stay apolitical. Now, um, I've been watching this guy for a long time. He is a political snake, as swampy as they come. Watch this apolitical general weigh in not long ago on every hot button domestic political issue of our time. The protests that have ensued not only speak to his killing, but also to the centuries of injustice towards African-Americans. We are still struggling with racism and we have much work to do. And we should all be proud that the vast majority of protests have been peaceful. While the military sets an example for civil society, through our inclusiveness, we too have not come far enough. The freedoms guaranteed to us in the Constitution allow people to demand change, just as the peaceful protesters are doing all across the country. Racism and discrimination, structural preferences, patterns of mistreatment, unspoken and unconscious bias have no place in America. Unconscious bias, what the hell is he talking about? He doesn't know about what he's talking about. He calls those protests last summer peaceful he is way out of his lane he is involved in politics big time he got to take off that uniform tonight if he wants go run for uh congress or something but he does not belong in uniform finally apparently he has some observations about us newsmax general milley thinking and writing about newsmax during all of this according to bob woodward in your con from your conversations with him Nazis and Oath Keepers, but it also included two conservative media outlets that you listed in your notebook, including the Epic Times, which by the way is a news outlet that was founded by critics of the Chinese Communist Party, and Newsmax, which is the second most watched conservative media outlet in the country today. Do your notes about January 6th reference both Epic Times and Newsmax as on a list of domestic terrorists? It would seem to be the case, according to Bob Woodward. That's pretty wild. That's one hell of a revelation, isn't it? It's in Bob Woodward's book. And by the way, Newsmax, which is obviously not a terrorist organization, I happen to be the highest rated host on Newsmax. I guess he thinks I am a terrorist. I would be offended if it wasn't so laughable, all right? Stay with us. We're going to have more on that with Congressman Banks, more from the book and what Millie said. You'll want to see that. I'll be right back. Hey, I'm Rob Carson, host of the Newsmax Daily Podcast. Tired of boring traditional news updates? How about one with a conservative point of view and it's actually funny? You can subscribe for free on the Apple Podcast app and it downloads directly to your smartphone so you can listen while driving, uh, to work, riding a bike, at the gym, or even while lobster fishing off the East Coast. Subscribe today with the Apple Podcast app or go to NewsmaxTV.com slash podcasts for other platforms. Something's coming. All I can say 
is, is that, that the, the fake, fake news just, just doesn't, doesn't get, get it, do they? But I get the fake news. I understand them. What are they engaged in? Operation Change the Subject. Now, we have these hearings going on, and we have smoking gun proof now that Joe Biden lied. These guys helped. They screwed up Afghanistan, and we're learning new things. And these guys are being put to the test, as they should be. This is big news. It's being covered to some degree by the fake news. Watch how quickly they change the subject, though. Milley also speaking about the outgoing days of the Trump administration when he reportedly told a Chinese general, if we're going to attack, I'm going to call you ahead of time. I am certain that President Trump did not intend to attack the Chinese. My task at that time was to de-escalate. General Milley also warning that al-Qaeda could rebuild itself in Afghanistan in as little as 12 months. Lester. Courtney Kuby, thank you. Tonight, Democrats control Congress but remain divided over how to move forward on two signature pieces of President Biden's agenda. You we'll see? It's all back to the domestic agenda. Just like that. Thank you. Goodbye. Back to the regular news. Back to the fake news. They don't want to talk about Afghanistan. Now, if this were under Donald Trump, there would be team coverage and special features and they'd bring in some historian and they'd sit him there and, oh, how bad is this? And tell us more. They do the whole show on it. No, they just did those 90 seconds. And then boom, back to the fake news races. I think that's important. I think that's important. They're not doing their job. Uh, oh, here's Morning Joe. They did much the same thing. Now, Morning Joe is a show that nobody watches except in the swamp. It's very important down there. And they can't really resist this kind of stuff, but they do it in their own way. Just talk about how crazy Trump is. Don't talk about General Milley and how he did a bad job or anything like that. Make it about Trump. There were others who questioned the president's mental fitness long before the insurrection. Trump is really the one who's setting the stage here with all kinds of angry statements about China and the China virus. You see? Uh, we describe <laughs> you see? Uh, Joe Biden is the president right now. We just had this horrible uh, withdrawal, and they want to talk about January 6th. and talk about that in the C Block as well next, but... It's pretty wild. Uh, you can't get straight news from these people. I do encourage you to watch these hearings. If you can't watch them during the day when you're at work, maybe at night, you will learn actually so much more than the fake news. They don't have the patience, actually, to watch uh, all this stuff. They don't. All right, moving on. we got to go to Chicago now. Did you know that Barack Obama, his latest monument to himself, he had all those books about himself. Now there's going to be a building. They had the groundbreaking yesterday. A lot of folks missed this because... Uh, well, of the hearings on Capitol Hill. The fake news covered it, though, as soon as those hearings got a little edgy. Anyway, uh, they moved some dirt in a very ceremonial way. Hey, look, every president gets a library sooner or later, and that's fine. Um, but they kind of racialized it, and that's what the Obamas do, right? Now, Michelle was there, our former first lady. She still has a chip on her shoulder. Everything that this country has given her, everything that she's worked for, and been rewarded for, she still has something to complain about. Even <laughs> having to drive downtown to go to the museums when she was a kid. Listen to this. I remember that whenever me, my mom, dad, my, my brother wanted to do something special, to see art, to hear music, 
take in a new museum exhibit. We had to get my dad's Buick 225, take Jeffrey Boulevard to Lakeshore Drive and head north to downtown. And even as a child, I understood this disparity. What's the problem? You know what the key part of that is? That she's got in her father's car. That's a good thing. Father was there. Mother was there. That's wonderful. But she's still, look, I lived in the suburbs. We had to go into the city, too, if we wanted to see the King Tut exhibit. It was no big deal. It's actually a treat. Anyway, uh, oh, this presidential center, when it's finally up and running, guess what it's going to have? They haven't forgotten the kids in the community. We will open up a playground with a state-of-the-art jungle gym for kids to climb on. And best of all for me is that we will look out and see a big sledding hill for kids to slide down when it snows, which it still does a lot of here. Something that I always dreamed about when I was a little girl. All right, so um, I've been looking at Chicago. Chicago's been in the news lately. State-of-the-art jungle gyms. That's not what they need right now. That's not what they need. We'll talk about what they do need in a little bit. Uh, but jungle gyms, I don't think so. The kids are shooting each other, all right? This is a very quaint vision you have. Then it was time for the former president. Chicago is where almost everything that is most precious to me began. It's where I found a home. The internet and social media can connect us and raise awareness about issues that matter, but it's only when we root ourselves in specific communities that we can understand the realities of people's lives and their complexity. Well, he is no longer rooted in the south side of Chicago. Chicago, He's not. He's not. Look, we all know now he has a massive house in Martha's Vineyard. He has another one in Washington, D.C. These are the ones we know of. He flies the world, private jets. He's almost or already a billionaire. He's not part of the community in Chicago. He blew through there for a little while and used it for his own political gain. Because the kids in Chicago, they don't need jungle gyms. They don't need a little hill to sleigh ride down. They actually need blood kits, bleeding control kits, bleeding control kits. Have you ever heard of such a thing? That's what they need. So many children are being shot you got to stop the bleeding. In hundreds of buildings, these things will be there. Hey, if it helps save lives, that's great, but it's not a jungle gym, which they don't need, or, a uh, again, a hill to slay down. Look at the map. Violence is all over this town, Chicago, and uh, they're building a museum that may one day inspire some kid to what? They have an immediate crisis on their hands right now. Barack and Michelle Obama have the clout to save the lives of these children who are killing each other. What do you think? People get annoyed with me. Barack Obama would never do that. I still think it's worth a chance. Who knows? He could go to Chicago right now, not that library, not the construction site, a bad neighborhood, get an office building, get a storefront and say... We're going to stop this. I'm negotiating peace. I'm going to roll up my sleeves. I'm going to stay here until we start making progress. Crazier things have happened. We'll be right back.
So today on Capitol Hill and yesterday, they were supposed to talk about Afghanistan, right? The worst loss in American history, perhaps. I mean, it was terrible. But Liz Cheney, the so-called Republican from Wyoming, found a way to make it about January 6th. On January 6th, we had a violent attack on our Capitol. Uh, it was an effort to stop the constitutionally prescribed process of counting electoral votes. The first time in our nation's history that we did not have a peaceful transfer of power. In the aftermath of that attack, many of the members uh, of our constitutional system failed to do their duty. Many of them punted. Many of them today are still attempting to obstruct the investigation into that attack, attempting to whitewash what happened. She really is a piece of work. Um, I have grave concerns about the fairness of the election. I do. About the fairness of the election. Those are valid concerns. One day does not take those concerns off the table. Who is she talking about? Who failed their constitutional duty? I'm pretty sure she fails her constitutional duty every single day. And meanwhile, Afghanistan, don't forget, her father helped mismanage that war and get us to this position. And to not talk about what happened on that date, to make it about January 6th shows that, wow, she is about politics, but for her, I believe it's about family. Somehow this protects the reputations of George Bush and Dick Cheney. Could be about money. I don't know, but I didn't like the, the way it was conducted at all. All right. Meanwhile, the fake news is right with her. They want to get off Afghanistan and talk about anything else. That's why when Barack Obama uh, made his speech yesterday at his monument to himself, his future presidential library, just about every network, took his comments live. They don't want to talk about Afghanistan. They feel that's a loser for them. General Milley, got a few things to say about him. We learned something new about him. I didn't realize how much he thought about this channel, Newsmax. Yes, it was on his mind at this very critical time in history, January of 2021, the transition of power. We just had that January 6th situation. He's writing notes to himself about Newsmax. It's in Bob Woodward's book. Congressman Banks, Republican of Indiana, asked him about it today. According to Bob Woodward in your con from your conversations with him, Nazis and Oath Keepers but it also included two conservative media outlets that you listed in your notebook, including the Epic Times, which, by the way, is a news outlet that was founded by critics of the Chinese Communist Party, and Newsmax, which is the second most watched conservative media outlet in the country today. Do your notes about January 6th reference both Epic Times and Newsmax as on a list of domestic terrorists? I'm not recalling this conversation at all. It's in, I, it's in the book. It, it may be in the book. I haven't read the book. I'm not recalling a conversation about Newsmax, Epic Times. Do you have a that. notebook that lists Newsmax and Epic Times as domestic terrorists as recounted by the Bob Woodward book, Peril? I or is no, Bob Woodward lying to us in the book? I, I don't know. I, I don't recall any conversation about Epic Times. Do you Newsmax. believe that Newsmax and Epic Times are domestic Terrorist or their no, viewers I think, or readers no, are I domestic think, terrorists? No, not at all. I don't think Epic Times nor Newsmax are domestic terrorist organizations. Will you produce I they notes are, to this committee I'll produce uh, that any you relayed to Bob Woodward in the book that you listed different groups that are responsible for January 6th? Sure, absolutely. Sure, absolutely. He was pretty flipped today uh, with the members. Uh, interesting. He doesn't recall a conversation. Well, 
we're actually not asking about a conversation. We're asking him about notes that he kept that he may have turned over to Bob Woodward. I'd like to know about that. Uh, we'll talk to Congressman Banks in just a little bit, but how about that? He's concerned about Newsmax. Well, I am concerned, as you know, about him. And by the way, regarding uh, January 6th, Newsmax has made it quite clear all along, I made it quite clear that we condemned the violence. That shouldn't have happened. I've got grave concerns about the police and what they did and Nancy Pelosi, but of course, violence is always wrong. We here have condemned uh, violent protests and riots uh, of all kinds on this network. What really bugged me was the vandalism inside that you're seeing some of the video now, the vandalism inside the nation's capital. Completely unacceptable. And let's be quite, quite clear here, huh? We condemn the violence. We condemn it, all right? The people who did illegal things must be arrested. I don't know what I was thinking with my haircut back then, but uh, that was January 7th, I believe, January 6th. Uh, I'll say this, there are too many people who are still in jail. There are people in jail who didn't break anything, who didn't hurt anybody. They're being politically persecuted, so many of them. And oh, by the way, just to remind everybody, Donald Trump specifically said that the march to the Capitol should be, well, his words. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and patriotically make your voices heard. He said it. He said it out loud, and they ignore it. I wonder why. We'll be right back. According to Bob Woodward and your con from your conversations with him, Nazis and Oath Keepers, but it also included two conservative media outlets that you listed in your notebook, including the Epic Times, which by the way is a news outlet that was founded by critics of the Chinese Communist Party, and Newsmax, which is the second most watched conservative media outlet in the country today. Do your notes about January 6th reference both Epic Times and Newsmax as on a list of domestic terrorists? I'm not recalling this conversation at all. It's, I, in, I, it's in the book. It, it may be in the book. I haven't read the book. I'm not recalling a conversation about Newsmax, Epic Times. Very interesting. Who knew? Newsmax in the news today. We're mentioned in Bob Woodward's book. And uh, General Milley reportedly had all kinds of concerns about your favorite station. Another reason why I don't like General Milley, but I do like, very impressed today with Congressman Banks, Jim Banks, Republican of Indiana, who brought this up and some other important issues. Congressman Banks, welcome back to Newsmax. How are you? Good to be with you. I'm doing okay. So look, a couple of things. Number one, Milley, across the board, forgetting about this conversation for a moment that you had, but I find a lot of non-denial denials. He's very careful with his, uh, with his words. You're asking about his notes. He says, I don't recall a conversation. Did you notice this throughout the day? He seems to be very steeped in how to tell the truth, but very, very narrowly. A, a skilled politician, perhaps you would call him. Uh, that's exactly what he is. I mean, we now know because he confirmed it today and yesterday, he spent many hours spilling his guts, not just to Bob Woodward, but to every political writer, reporter, and author in Washington, D.C., 
Uh, he told us that uh, before the committee today. He didn't deny much of anything that I asked him, but both Bob Woodward can't be right by recounting stories in the book and then uh, 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 General Milley's denials before the committee. That can't be right as well. One of them are wrong, and I want to get to the bottom of it. So um, Milley also has to be careful because Bob Woodward is known to record his conversations. So I think that's one of the reasons why he's being so evasive. More from your exchange today with General Milley. Do you have a notebook that lists Newsmax and Epic Times as domestic terrorists as recounted by the Bob Woodward book, Peril? I or is no Bob Woodward lying to us in the book? I, I don't know. I don't recall any conversation about Epic Times. Do you believe that Newsmax and Epic Times are domestic terrorists or their no, viewers I think, or readers no, are I domestic think, terrorists? No, not at all. I don't think Epic Times nor Newsmax are domestic terrorist organizations. Wow, what a relief. <laughs> but in his notebook, as published by Bob Woodward, we have this, if we can put it up on the screen, if you don't mind, Congressman. Uh, this is Bob Woodward's writing, uh, and he's referring, he, General Milley, on January 6th, he wrote, what is this amorphous thing that just happened on January 6th? Who are these people? He jotted rapidly, 6MWE, which is a Holocaust reference, Extreme Tea Party, QAnon, he added, taking note of the fully discredited conspiracy theory. Next, Patriot Movement, a far-right militia, We the People Movement, Nazis, Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, Newsmax, the conservative news website, which had been friendly toward Trump for a long time. Uh, I have to tell you, if he's thinking that about Newsmax or writing that down, I happen to, not bragging here, this is the number one show on Newsmax, so I guess I would be one of the terrorists he's wondering about. He really has made a spectacle out of himself. How does he go on in this job? I don't see how he can. I don't see how he can either, Greg. And that, that was my, my very first question I asked him is, explain to us why it's a bad thing for the military to be political and for the nation's top general, top officer in the entire United States military to be a political figure. And he agreed with me that that, that is a dangerous precedent, that generals shouldn't be political, the military shouldn't be a political organization. But then you have him engage in regular political activities. And the, and the Woodward book is just one example, but it's a big example. The entire book, in the entire book, he is a main character. He, he bashes and undermines the commander in chief, President Trump, who he reported to at the time, talking about he agreed with Nancy Pelosi, talking about being, President Trump being crazy and his mental decline. Then he lists conservative outlets like Newsmax, which I take offense to this because I watch Newsmax too. So do a number of my friends and family members in Northeast Indiana. Uh, Newsmax is a popular outlet. And here's the top general in the United States military saying that Newsmax is one, responsible for the January 6th attack, and two, a domestic terrorist organization. He's completely lost trust with the American people by making these comments. He's, he has, he's a lot more interested in talking to Bob Woodward and political authors to manage his image than he is in leading our military and addressing situations like the catastrophe in Afghanistan. I will say this about Bob Woodward, though. He has been known to make things up. He, uh, your colleague uh, on the Democrat side, Smith, he got a story about him totally wrong. He's been making up things throughout his career. He may have embellished this stuff, but if you put aside these books, there's enough to, <laughs> for Millie to walk away to resign based on what happened in Afghanistan and his previous 
uh, statements about President Trump, the ones that he made in public, the apology last year, which, by the way, I was hoping that would come up a little bit more, his treatment of Trump, because it does seem, even in the public record, that he was out to undermine him every step of the way. Uh, the book tells us that. Whether Bob Woodward is completely accurate or not, uh, there are too many stories in this book. I, by the way, Greg, I've read it. Uh, there are too many stories recounted in the book that come directly from General Milley, uh, who, is, who sits down with the, with the political author for a politically charged book that he knows is going to be uh, a book that, that is, comes from a negative perspective about his former boss, the guy who appointed him to the job, by the way. He knows that when he sits down with Bob Woodward. And that was the point that I was trying to make throughout my five minutes of questions with General Milley, that by engaging in regular political activities, this is a pattern of behavior, by the way. It's not just one book. It's a pattern of behavior that dates back to last summer when he politicized his role, when he, when he apologized for walking in Lafayette Park with President Trump, when he came before the House Armed Services Committee and said he was uh, interested in white rage and these types of issues um, uh, from the beginning of the Biden administration to many of the political things that he said, bashing and undermining President Trump that are recounted in this book and others. So we got to hear a lot about that today, but this is a long pattern of behavior by the by the highest ranking military official in America, uh, making his, his role completely political. Let me say this. I, he said he wasn't going to resign. He should. He said he's not going to resign, though. But when he turns over the reins of this very important job to his next, to the next chairman of the Joint Chiefs, I I hope that that next uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs looks at General Milley, and and learns from all of the mistakes that he made, rather than rather than repeating them, because this shouldn't be a political job. And I hope it I hope it serves as a example of what not to do for whoever follows. He's too toxic. He's too uh, he's red hot right now. Do you think? He will actually leave. He serves at the pleasure of the president. Is there any chance that, you know, he's worn out his welcome? Uh, they, they love him. They love him they because love him. he bashes President Trump. Yeah. So the Democrats and Liz Cheney all spent their time defending uh, General Milley rather than holding him accountable for what he's done by, by politicizing the military. So by, just by nature of bashing President Trump, they, uh, all the Democrats and Liz Cheney love him. That's what I figured. I mean, Congressman Moulton, one or two others, but uh, yes, that's where they are. Well, Congressman Banks, I'm glad you're on that committee. I, I, I'm frustrated that you only get five minutes. You know what I mean? We, they move on so quickly. It's, uh, it can be frustrating, but we're glad you're there. Congressman Jim Banks, Republican of Indiana, member of the House Armed Services Committee. Thank you, sir. Thank you. And thank you for defending Newsmax today, by the way. We'll be right back. Have any of you accepted that accountability or responsibility? I'm accountable for my actions. And no, I'm, I'm just talking about a resignation. I have not submitted my letter of resignation. Mr. Secretary? No. General? I have not submitted a letter of resignation. Mr. Secretary, I want to know what will it take for someone, anyone, in the Biden administration to take responsibility or accountability for this national security fiasco? Some great questions and observations from Senator Dan Sullivan, Republican of Alaska, happens to be also a colonel right now in the Marine Corps Reserves. He has served on active duty in Afghanistan. Uh, Senator Sullivan, excellent job, and it's a privilege to have you on Newsmax. How are you tonight? 
Hey, Greg, Semper Fi, it's good to be on the show. I'm honored to be here. Thanks. Well, Semper Fi indeed. And, sir, your performance yesterday uh, was magnificent. But overall, are you satisfied with where we are? They seem to emerge from these uh, these two hearings, you know, intact. They're not uh, – they, they, they live to fight another day. Did you get the answers? Did the committees get the answers they needed? No, look, it was the beginning, right? That This is just the beginning – of aggressive oversight that we need. You know, the two big takeaways from yesterday's hearing from my perspective that the American people needed to see, and I think they did see it, Greg, is number one, this foreign policy fiasco is Joe Biden's and Joe Biden's alone. You saw in the testimony that all of his military advisors, including the Secretary of Defense, said to him, leave a residual force don't go to zero in terms of troops in Afghanistan. And importantly, if you do, if you do, you're going to see the chaos that we ended up seeing uh, in August and the strategic failure. So that's number one. The second one, though, is also important that the president has not been leveling with the American people. He has not been telling the truth. And this became apparent yesterday. You know, the president said in August that none of his military advisors um, recommended to keep any forces in Afghanistan. We found out yesterday that was absolutely not true. He said that al-Qaeda was gone from Afghanistan. That was not true. He said that the military would stay until all Americans were safely out of Afghanistan. That was not true. And Greg, I think the most important one, the president has been saying this retrograde operation, this fiasco, was a, quote, extraordinary success. And yesterday, General Milley called it a, quote, strategic failure. So, look, these are not just minor misstatements by the president. These are fundamental falsehoods on critical issues, life and death issues that he has been talking to the American people about and not telling the truth. That came out yesterday as well. Indeed, Senator. My concern, you know, we have smoking gun proof before, though, that Joe Biden has lied. I mean, all throughout his career, and he keeps on ticking. He just, the fake news keeps protecting him, the far left, and it seems like the typical partisan lines have been drawn here, and they're out to protect him, the left. Or do you sense a fissure? Do you sense that your colleagues on the left, maybe behind the scenes, are, are frustrated, and they, even with Joe, even Democrats, well, look, I do, especially on this issue, because if you watch the hearing on the, Ar the Senate Armed Services Committee yesterday, yeah, it was a lot of Republicans asking tough questions. And look, I didn't take any joy out of this. I mean, it was actually depressing what we were talking about. In, in many ways, the defeat of our, our, you know, the United States in Afghanistan because of these decisions by Joe Biden. But what you also saw yesterday, it wasn't just Republicans. The Democrat senators on the committee were also mad. We're also asking some tough questions. And yep. so on this issue, I don't think he's going to get off in the typical partisan fashion. But what we need to do is continue to press with these kind of oversight hearings and get more of the truth out. The fact that the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, in a question that I asked them, came out and said, no, this was a strategic failure. You know, Joe Biden's not going to be able to hide behind 
the idea that this was somehow an extraordinary success when his own military is saying something that's totally the opposite. Senator Dan Sullivan, we're so glad you're on Capitol Hill, uh, very much so. Republican of Alaska, we appreciate it, sir, to be continued. Thanks, Greg. Great to be on the show. Excellent. We'll be right back. Thank you for watching Newsmax, where we love America. You got that, General Milley? See you tomorrow night.